Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. If you were not with us last week, we jumped into a series on prayer. Um, the books, um, I'll go ahead and give you a little commercial. Pray first books, they're in the foyer uh, in that foyer and also in the other foyer uh, on the connection side by the children in preschool. Uh, there's one for everybody. Please get that. Uh, I'm going to walk you through the six prayers. I did the intro last week. I'm going to walk you through the six prayers in the next six weeks. Today is the Lord's Prayer. Um, a lot of information. I'm going to do my best to cover that. Uh, but if you have spent any time whatsoever uh, playing any type of sports or any type of group activity, you have probably at some time in your life been in a locker room or been in a setting where the Lord's Prayer has been quoted or said out loud. Uh, I want to kind of look at it a little bit different than that. I want to personalize the Lord's Prayer today. Because I want you to take the Lord's Prayer this week especially and then hopefully later uh, off and on. But I want you to curl up to it. And we're going to break it up in seven different sections that I hope that are real personal. And each one of us in this room are going to land in different sections of that. And then later on, God's going to change that section based on where you're at in that season. And what I want to do is kind of help you give some framework to that so that you can kind of see yourself in each one of these, um, each one each week. So the Lord's Prayer. So Luke 11, 1, interesting conversation takes place. Luke 11, 1, one day, this is an interesting scripture. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. I want you to catch it. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. I want to stop there for a second. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Here's disciples, followers of Christ. Jesus is praying, and they hear him praying. He comes up from praying, and they say to him, teach us to pray. I don't know if you're like me, but you probably spend time praying. You ever wonder, I wonder if there's a better way. I wonder if there's a more effective way. I wonder if I'm praying right. Yeah. Anybody ever get taught how to pray? We just start praying, don't we? They say pray in the church, we just start praying. We hear somebody praying, we repeat them. I find sometimes, I think sometimes the disciples, they've just been doing this for a while. But it wasn't getting anywhere. They wasn't seeing an effect. They wasn't making an impact. And all of a sudden, they overhear Jesus praying. And they go, <laughs> uh, V8. <laughs> Shouldn't we pray like him? Shouldn't we pray like him? Here, 
Jesus is praying. If I'm going to follow anybody when I pray, shouldn't I follow him? If I'm going to pattern my life in prayer off anybody, shouldn't it be off Jesus, not a deacon in the church? Not my pastor? What if he's messed up? He is. But what, what, what if they ain't right? I'm repeating somebody's prayer I think is right or doing it right. What if they're doing it wrong? Maybe you're like me. I saw that and I thought, what an incredible question. What an incredible catch by the disciples. Lord, we've been doing this. But it feels like I'm not getting above the ceiling. I feel like I'm not seeing any change. I'm doing a dog and pony show. I'm tired, but I'm getting nowhere. Maybe there's a better way. So master, king, creator, Jesus, God, teach me to pray. Anybody else see that in there? I've read that a bunch, and I've not noticed that. He's doing what we need to do, but what we're already doing And then we catch him doing it and say, teach me to do that. Teach me to do that. Not our main text, but I could preach there for a while. Matthew 6. Matthew 6 is where you find the Lord's Prayer. How many of you in this room know that order in Scripture is important? God is a God of order. And I want you to see this kind of laid out. You find the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. But there are some things that precede the Lord's Prayer that are important. Many times when we learn to do something in life, if it's carpenter work or if it's roofing or it's concrete or if it's some type of uh, sports or music, sometimes the instructor, the expert, will teach first what not to do then what to do. You ever notice that? You ever work with a guy that pours concrete? He doesn't tell you exactly how to do the concrete first. He tells you what you do not do in order for it to be concrete. <laughs> Sometimes the not to do more important than the do. <coughs> Jesus, knowing that, starts off with, don't do this. Verses 5 through 8 of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us do nots. Notice that? Then he tells us what to do. I think that's important. Otherwise, he would have put it after. I think he precedes it for a reason. I taught both my kids how to drive. We went over what not to do more than we did what to do. (laughs) Come on. It's pretty obvious at a certain point with a steering wheel in your hand what to do. You better tell them what not to do. That's what's going to get them. I don't want to go into it, but you can read it later for you, verses 5 through 8. I want to get to the Lord's Prayer, verses 9 through 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will on earth, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This week, I want you to curl up to that. So I want to walk through you through it. Seven things I want you to catch in this. And I've got to be quick, and you've got to listen quick. Number one, it's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. He starts off and he says these words, our father in heaven, our father in heaven. It's important to know who you are addressing. He's not the man upstairs. He's upstairs, but he's in a king. He's in a kingdom. Romans 8.15 in the New Living Translation, I want to read this. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. It is good to be adopted, my friend. Romans 8.16 right after that says that his spirit... Will give testify, will testify to your spirit that you are a child of God. Yeah. See, these people that I, I meet people, I say, Have you been born again? I think so. I, I don't even understand that. If I was on fire and flames were going up my arm towards my head, and you asked me, Am I on fire? I probably would not answer, Oh, I think so. Oh, I don't know. Buddy, I'm just saying this. When he saves you, when you're born again, when a blind man now sees, it is undoubtable that it happened. There isn't a hope so, I think so, maybe, no. And he says, you've been adopted as my child and my spirit will agree to your spirit that I now put in you that you are a child of mine. John 10, verses 3 and 4, Jesus says these words. My sheep listen to me. They follow me. They, K-N-O-W, know me. John 10, 7, Jesus says, I'm the gate. I'm the gate. I am the gate. You enter through the gate. Only through the gate. Well, that's so narrow-minded in today's world. I'm sorry. Take that up to Jesus. I didn't say that. He said that. He said he's the gate. The gate. In John 14, 6, Jesus says this. I'm the way. I'm the truth. And I am the life. No man enters except through me. Period. John 10, 14, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Can I help you with the Lord's Prayer? Right off the bat, in this series and for the rest of your entire life, if you're a born-again child of God's, it is no longer our Father who, who is in heaven. It is my Father. 
my father. See, when I come to my father in prayer, he says, Jeff. I say, Father. If you have been born again, you now know him as my father. He is no longer our father. He is our father, but he's my father. He's my Abba father. We are personal, intimate. He knows me. I know him. I address him as my father. He's not a stranger to me. He's not somebody I hope I know. He's not somebody I think I know. He's not somebody I'm hoping that I do enough good things that he accepts me. He accepts you through his son, Jesus, the gate. If you've been born again, you're his. He's yours. He is now my heavenly father. Today, I hope you see the prayer as a personal Lord's prayer that says, my father who art in heaven, my father who art in heaven. For time, I got a row. Number two, worship his name. Not only my father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I worship you. Let me tell you something. On the other side of salvation, you can't help but worship. You want to really change worship? Get saved. You, mm. you might think you might not ever dance in church. You get enough Jesus in you, you'll dance. But you can't help it. You just can't help it. Hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah be your name. Hallelujah be your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah be your name. Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Mm. Psalm 150 verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, man. I'm telling you, sometimes when I'm sitting with the Father, my heavenly Father, I have this, I have this thing I want to pray about, this thing that's burdening me, this thing I need to give to him, and I get to my Father, and all of a sudden I start to just speak his name. I just start saying hallelujah. I just start praising him. I just start saying he's a strong tower, run into it, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And I just start doing that, and all of a sudden, I don't even know what I was going to pray. Because all that worship just starts coming out. Here's a crazy thing. Many times in a setting like that, I'm worshiping, 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 worshiping. That's all I'm doing in my prayer time. I just bust out in worship. That's why it's got to be private so you can sing and shout and say hallelujah however you want to and nobody says, that, those two songs don't go together. They, yeah, they do. They should. I have had things that's burdening me, things I've taken into my prayer closet. I didn't ever get to it because all I did was worship. I come out of my prayer closet. Later on, a couple days later, I remember what I was going to pray about. When I revisit the situations, they're gone. They're just gone. Let me tell you what God says right there. Thank you. I don't need you. Thank you. You just worship. I got this. I got this. Sometimes we're way too much help. Way too much. If you fight a tendency to control, can I invite you to do something for me? 
if you have a tendency by personality or by the way you were raised to control things, this is where you need to spend most of your time. Uh, This is free, not in my notes, but I'm just telling you. This will break the curse. This will break you from being a controller. If you will learn to worship him instead of control him, you will learn to trust him on the other side. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I have told so many people, you've got to just trust the Lord. They look at me and go, I know I need to trust the Lord. They go home and they control everything. If you will go in there and say, my father, mm, right in heaven, hallelujah, hallowed be thy name, and then you just start worshiping. I want to tell you right now, nothing breaks the chain of controlling like surrendered worship. Hmm. Telling you. And here's what's going to happen to you. In the future, when you get away from worship a little bit and you start having a little bit of you too much and you start to control, you will catch yourself. I'm out of balance. I'm out of balance. Too much me, too little him. And you got to go back into your closet and you go back and say, Oh, my father, hallowed be your name. And then you just worship, get nasty, nasty, snot, tears, cry, shout, jump, dance. I don't care. Just do it. And I'm telling you, over time, you will grow in this area. Don't tell me you can't change in this area. You can change in this area. But you won't change by somebody telling you you got to trust God. You already know that. You're going to change by worshiping him. When you worship him, chains of control break off. And surrendered worship is all you do. And then you go out there and you trust him. And you don't even know you're doing it. Okay? You're unrecognizable to yourself. That was free. All right? Number three. I got to watch that time. Oh, my goodness. Number three. You got to pray his agenda first. Mm, You got to hear that. You got to pray his agenda. How many times you come in there and you go, God, here's the deal. I need this, 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 this. You know what I think he's doing? Uh, I can't take any more of him. I just can't. He, he's, mm, I, do, you, do you do that to your kids? Come on. They come in there. What do you do? Mm, I don't talk to the hand. I don't know. Mm-mm. You ain't messing up my good day. Y'all got kids? Let them get older. Let them get older. Bring, bring work home. All right? Mm. Hey, that ain't my problem. I work there. Figure it out. Go in your closet. Hallelujah be his name. Do that first. All right? Then come see me. All right? You got to pray his agenda first. We too much want to pray what we want. He ain't Santa Claus. That's one time a year. You can rub his belly later. Don't rub Jesus' belly. I don't think Jesus got a belly. He ripped up. All right? <laughs> Just say it. You can count his six-pack if you want to, but that ain't him. All right? Pray his agenda. Listen to how it sounds. Your kingdom come. Mm, Paxson says it often. Your kingdom come. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You want to measure? You want to measure where you are in your relationship with the Lord, in your maturity, in your growth? Can you pray his agenda? Mm, come on. You ever sat with someone? You ever been with someone? Hospital, through sickness, through a tragedy? Let me tell you something. It's not what you want to happen. 
but you've got to eventually sign off on what he wants to happen. And what happens, good or bad, does not change who he is and cannot change your worship. Your kingdom come, God, because you are king. I'm not. Your will be done. Mm. I know what my will is, and I know what I want, and you know the desires of my heart. But if my heart doesn't match your heart in this situation, I am okay with that. That is a big boy prayer. That is a whole different level prayer. That prayer is not going to get you a star on the Sunday school attendance sheet, but it will get you a lot further down the road in being like him. Come on, man. We got to start praying big prayer to a big God. We got to start praying prayers that say he is who he is and he's not my, my, my little God that I control. Sometimes our prayer gives it away. We, we can hear someone pray and we know how big their God is. And I'm not meddling, I'm just saying, you got to pray his agenda. You say, well, Jeff, that's hard. Mm-hmm. But you got to practice. You got to practice. The more you practice praying his agenda, the more you're signed off on his agenda. The more your worship will not reflect whether you got your way or not. Let his will be what you pray. Let it be. Number four, depend on him for everything. Mm. Depend on him for everything. Give us, give me this day our daily bread. Boy, I'm not sure we know that in America. And I'm not talking about bread at United. I'm talking about is, mm, people say, why don't we see this in our country? <laughs> I'm sorry, over there, that's all they got. Over here, we got drive up for everything. If we don't get it, we'll just find it somewhere else and find a way to make it happen. Give us our daily bread today. God, I don't know what you have for me today, and I don't even know exactly what I'm going to need for today, but I pray you give me my daily bread today. I'm going to tell you something. When you ask for your daily bread today, you will get your daily bread today. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Hmm. Facebook, <laughs> no, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Mm. My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Depend on him for everything. Pray first on everything. Pray first on everything. Depend on him for everything. You said, this is a little bitty decision. It's not that big of a deal. I think I already know what to do. Shh. Pray first. Pray first. It might not change or it might change. You pray his agenda and you'll know. Number five. This is usually where people stop reading. Right before this. Forgive and be forgiven. Yes. Whew. 
Forgive and be forgiven. Forgive us. Forgive me. My debts. And forgive my debtors. Do you ever notice the last two verses after the Lord's Prayer? Some people stop at 13. Maybe they do it on purpose. Look at 14 and 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I have no other way to read that. I do not, know to go, I do not need to go to Fort Worth, the Southwestern Seminary, to understand that. I, need, need, I don't need an Old Testament professor. I don't need a New Testament professor. I don't need Greek. I don't need Hebrew. I don't need any of that. I just need to read that for what it says. That says, if God has forgiven me and given me salvation, given me, forgiven me much, then I got to, because I have received much, be willing to give much. Amen. And if you're not going to give that, you have no audacity to ask for it. See, if he is my heavenly father, then he is my father because of salvation. That means when they, they do stuff to me and when I need to let them go because he let me go, I got to let them go. Amen. And if he gave me grace and mercy and held back on me, then I need to give grace and mercy and hold back on them. Yes. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. It takes a bigger man to walk away. Takes a bigger man to let him go. My granddad told me when you let him go to God, it's worse than letting him come to you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand that till later. That's true though. Give them over to God. And you can pray prayers like this God, I love them. I let them go. I pray you make them miserable in their sin. I pray they can't sleep. <laughs> In Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. I'm saying, you let them go. You turn them over. You turn them over. I don't want to camp here a lot. I'm going to tell you, friends, if you're trying to be a born-again child of the king, you've been forgiven much. You've got to forgive much. Amen. Just, there's just no other way to slice that bread. Six and seven, I got a row, got a row. Engage in spiritual warfare. If you haven't caught on to the fact that this is a war, you're, you need to. You need to. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Because he's what? He's working. He's working. Ephesians 6, 12. This is in the framework of the armor of God. Not right not in the middle, but kind of at the front end of this. Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggles is not against flesh and blood. That's what our eyes tell us. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a battle that is going on for people, for families, for kids, for marriages, for, for just people's lives. Your fight is not against flesh and blood. Even though it appears to be that, it is not that. It is not that. 
And if you try to fight that war with the same blood and, 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 and techniques that the world fights with, you will get beat. But my friend, if you will fight like a king's kid with the weapons that he's given you, you will be victorious. Remember what happens if you punch air? Two things are always guaranteed. You will get tired and you will make no impact. Just, just telling you. Some of us are fighting for our marriages the way the world tells us to fight. You go to your corner, I'll go to my corner. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's always worked. That's how you get married, right? You go to that corner and you go to that corner and I'll pronounce your husband wife. I don't think so. If you're born again on both sides, you come together right here. We're three or more together. A quarter, three strands cannot be broken. And you absolutely get nasty, honest to each other. And you get on your face before God. And you say, God, this is your marriage. You did this. I'm selfish. The other one needs to echo, no, I'm selfish. This is what got us here. We're going to start fighting the way you fight. And we pray in the name of Jesus and by the power of his stripes that you heal our marriage. You fight right, you'll win right. You fight wrong, you get taken out. I'm just telling you. Number seven, good way to end the Lord's Prayer here. Express faith in God's abilities. Mm. Woo. We said at the very beginning my father, mm. then who is your father? Who is your daddy? He's King Jesus. Mm. Then you tell him who he is. Come on. Some of us forgot who he is. Tell him who he is. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That, that's a little bit of kick butt attitude, isn't it? For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Listen to Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. All sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power, out of your stretched arm. Watch these words. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard. God, I know you can because that's who you are. I know you are great. I know you're awesome. I know you're the king. I know you can. I believe in your ability to do what only you can do. I, and you may confess, God, I, I, I doubt right now. I'm weak right now. I don't, even know, I don't even know that I know what I'm saying. I don't even know that I believe what I'm saying. So I'm praying this for my spirit because my man flesh doesn't believe it. My head doesn't believe it. But I know who your word says, I'm going to pray your word. I'm going to declare who you are. I'm going to believe in your ability, even though I'm weak. I believe God could heal. But it's different when you sleep with it. Oh, it's easy. Oh, yeah, Jesus does miracles. He does miracles. Really? Well, you need one. Oh, Lord. Well, God, you, your word says you can. I know your word says that you can, and I have said that you can, but, God, I really have more unbelief than I have belief, and I need you to heal me. See, some of you are thinking he can't do this because this is such a mess. Really? You don't think he's seen a bigger mess than what you've made? 
I think sometimes you don't want him to do it. I'm meddling now. Sometimes I wonder if you don't selfishly want to keep doing what you're doing and just give this Jesus answer that he can. Why don't you try dying and let him raise you up? Believe in his ability more than your ability. Believe his ways are better than your ways. Believe that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's been a long time since some of us died. Why don't you die to your abilities and be resurrected to his abilities? He's king, man. Not because we say it. (laughs) He's king without us saying it. But we need to say it. Because it reminds him and reminds me of his abilities. How long has it been since you reminded him or reminded yourself of his abilities? Our God is a great God. I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that he is not our. He's not our heavenly father. He is my heavenly father. It changes the Lord's prayer. It should change it. Let me ask you to stay in church. I want to pray over us. We're going to worship. I don't want you to worship like you're worshiping our Heavenly Father. Come on. I want you to worship like you're worshiping my Heavenly Father. See, I believe He has spoken. And you need to act on where He spoke. There were sections in there, He got very quiet in here. Usually means someone's messing with your blender in your kitchen. Okay? Just let that be, okay? You go where he spoke with your heavenly father, and you don't dismiss yourself, he will dismiss you. Deal? You'll be glad you did. Let me pray over us. Father, you have spoken. We, your kids, have heard. And God, I pray for that individual or individuals that in here knows beyond a shadow of a doubt when I just said those words, your kids have heard. They said in their spirit, I'm not sure I'm a kid. God, may they not walk out of here like that. That's miserable. That's miserable. That makes me tired saying it. God, may they come meet you. Don't be worried about what people think. They already think it. Just come. Be worried about what he thinks. And come and become a kid. Become one of his kids so that you can now call him my father. God, meet us where you spoke today. Don't dismiss us until you're done with us. We worship you now, not as our father, but as my father. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.